Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Thanks so much for listening to us. Feel free to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. Since we don't really advertise, that's how the word gets out. Okay, let's get into it. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Jalen started the episode off with a smoke bomb and bridge burning letter to her suitor, Lynn Pornino. Polite conversation over tea and cakes with parental chaperones watching and listening hardly serves for two people to adequately figure out whether their marriage will work or not. But the episode ends with Lynn upgrading himself to boyfriend. I, I'm going to say, and the question of the thorns. Oh. I like and she closes in and kisses him. Silver received a present from Lady Miev for the extra work she did in obtaining items from Lord Mentor's vault. I pull off the cloth to see what the object is. It is a silver lantern. I'm hid. I'm hiding. How are you seeing me? Oh, I think it's this lantern light. Sable got the fairy-bound Ophelia to Miev's, only to accidentally crush her rat form as she tried to enter the fairy-proof room. You are holding a rat. Is it still alive? It does not seem to be alive. Oh, good God, come on. It can't be just dead, dead, dead. It crumbles into sticks. This revealed the existence of fairy doubles called fetches that replace people. She definitely didn't get away. Ophelia wasn't real. What? What? She was a fetch. Sable realized she'd been manipulated by fairies. Ophelia made a deal with the fairy queen in front of me, then left. And then they offered me an opportunity to handle her situation with another deal. Lastly, our heroes get to work on their real job of gathering materials for Miev's creation. Well, she's building some sort of construct. It's like a machine given life. And the designs for this particular machine require a number of magical components from beasts that embody certain qualities. I go rummaging around in my bag, and I pull out the coin. Hey. Uh, this? That's probably it. Well, that's one of six things we need. And we hunt maybe tonight? Today's adventure also features a stop at Thalia's Apothecary Shop, known for its patented pipe weed. All right, let's get started. Hi, my name is Nate, and I will be your dungeon master. I'm Sandra. I play Sable the Druid. I'm Julie. I play Sylpha the Wizard. I am Mandy. I play Jalen the Rogue. Lynn pulls away and is red-faced from from head to toe. Wait, wait, did he let her kiss him? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, he seems to have really appreciated that. Not pulling away and like, no, we can't do that. No, no, he's just, it it was a good kiss, and now he's breathing. He's like, (laughs) okay. He appears to be very excited at the moment. Don't look too close. He doesn't want you to know. He's too cute. And he says, so we tried doing this this thing uh, my family's way, and I don't think that's working. So let's just do it our way. What's our way? I don't know. I was hoping you had an idea. Um, <laughs> what do you want to do? Well, I have a room in the sewers. <laughs> I have a studio apartment in the seediest place we can get to. It's below the seediest place he even thinks exists. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know, Lynn. I was half expecting you to never talk to me again. So I, I don't know what to do now. Oh, well, one, why would I do that, Jalen? 
um, you're great. Okay, so two. Mandy is collapsing on the table. She's like, "Oh God!" Just, I just had dust. <laughs> what were you gonna do now? Let's do that. Uh, <laughs> Lynn, I, I'm heading somewhere. You can't come with me. Oh, is it because it's dangerous? Because I promise you, I can defend myself. You would not be welcome where I'm going. Okay. And I would get in trouble. Okay. How do we change that? How do I get to be welcome where you're going? You have to give me time. A lot of time. I don't feel like you're telling me things right That's now. That's because I'm not telling you okay. things right now. All right. So, all right. Here, here's what we'll do. I will have a little faith. Oh, that face. When are you free? Oh, she's going to do something you guys are going to kill her for. Tonight. What? All right. Can you meet me at the Varathi house? Yeah. I'd love to. Like, should I dress uh, nice or... No, you should be ready to kill things. Oh. We're going to kill some monsters tonight. Okay. Uh, j so... <laughs> Forgive me for asking this, because I know you're friends with Sable and all, but it's not people in House Verathi, no, is it? No. Okay, all right. Okay. No. Whew. All right, I'm in. Okay, sorry, I just, yeah. I guess news of what happened with the assassin has gotten around. Hunting party? I'm in. All right. I'll go get ready. I'll I'll meet you there. Why don't you meet me on the road to the Verathi house? I'll meet you, like, right on the edge of the property, by the road. Okay. If you get spotted, tell them you have a message for Sable from Jalen, and then tell Sable that... I asked you to join us. Yeah, all right. I mean, Sable seems pretty cool. I mean, the rumors are a little terrifying, but other than that, pretty cool. So I'm sure she'll be fine. <laughs> Jalen's so proud of Sable. <laughs> he leans in for a kiss again. She'll kiss him back. And then he kind of like doesn't skip away, but like he looks. He, he canters looks... away. <laughs> there is a Boy. spring in his step. Yeah, very visibly. Head's turn, he's giddy. Okay, so she's she's gonna watch him go to make... Well, she's gonna watch him go. I hate to see you leave, <laughs> but, but I love, love to watch, watch you go. go. And then she's going to... Once she's pretty sure he's not gonna be able to turn around and follow her, she's gonna go find that sewer in an alley where she can slip down and get down to the guild. You head through to the guild. What is your first objective? She hasn't been down there since... We killed Vincent, and the last she saw of Kylan was when we got rid of his body. It's been a couple of days. She wants to see what the lay of the land is now. I mean, has he? Is he back in control? Is there civil war afoot there? I mean, she she just sort of wants to feel out what's actually going on down there. She doesn't find Kylan immediately. She'll probably knock on his door, but if she doesn't find him, she'll probably go to the common room and find a card game to join or something. Like she'll she'll sit down and chat with people. Got it. So you head into basically one of the two halls with all the little rooms in it and walk over to Kylan's door and knock. There's no sound coming out. What is your passive perception? Eleven. So you turn around and there is immediately, apparently had been walking up to you down the hallway, 
a ratty looking man that you recognize from a previous podcast as Stinky Steve. True to form, he, he smells a little ripe. And Steve says, Jalen. Yes, Steve. We need to talk. All right. So here's the thing. Have you seen Vincent? Not since a couple of days ago. Okay. Did he mention anything? No. He didn't have like a job planned or nothing? He didn't tell me. Okay. Wait, what's going on? He had us run a job for him and it didn't go great. Okay. But he hasn't been around. After the job, no one's seen him. Okay. Maybe he's undercover on a different job. Uh, yeah, okay, that that's kind of possible. Roll me deception. Oh, 11. For some reason, he kind of gives you suspicious eyes, and you kind of glance down a little bit, and your skin is sort of shifting color. And he says, yeah, anyway, look, if you hear from him, I, I assume you'll be the first to hear from him. Why? Uh, well, I mean, you two are an item, right? Steve... There are certain ways a girl can make amends. Yeah. I wouldn't say we're an item. Okay, all right. Say I was patching things up. Uh, yeah, okay. Roll me deception, but you have advantage this time? Because he's already assumed, right? Yeah, I mean, you're playing into his... Oh, Fantasy? Shit. Seven. Seven? Seven. Wow. That was your best? Yeah. With the other, advantage? The other one was a one. Oh my god. <laughs> She's just turning purple. But we could play this up that he just think he thinks they are an item and she's yeah. downplaying it. Yeah. Right? So the the low deception role in this instance is going to indicate that like your your body is throwing off tells. He does not know what those mean. He doesn't know you very well. So you're basically you're turning purple and pink and and weird colors during the course of this conversation and he he'll eventually say are, are you okay? I'm I'm fine. I I, I'm actually looking for Kylan. Have you seen him? He's in the common area. Oh, okay. I'll just go find him there. So you turn the corner, and there are two other ratty dudes that you did not see that were just waiting. Listening? Yeah. And they give you, like, a look of suspicion as you walk by, and you end up in the common room. Now, in the common room, there's about eight people. They're probably not part of the rat pack. They are not part of the Rat Pack. And then Kylan is sitting there with them, and they're all kind of playing cards, and some guy's bragging about pocket he picked of someone who was very well-dressed, etc. Two guys are talking about how they had to run from the city guard, and there's like a guy with armor under his armor that's just scary as shit, and they're terrified of him. Silva's dad. <laughs> armor run. <laughs> Silva's dad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, she'll go to the card game and say, can I? Can you deal me in the next round? Uh, Yeah, hey, uh, Jalen, we need to talk. Who says this? Kylan. Kylan. Uh, yeah, okay. He stands up and will say, look, you remember when you were like eight and we shaved your head for the whole chameleon thing? Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because your hair doesn't change color. Right, yeah. So I had this thought, maybe we should do that again. We could make a wig out of the hair. Is that why you told me to grow my hair out after that? Yeah. Oh, this makes so much sense. And, and that time, I never understood that, you know? I mean, you told me to grow it out, and then you were, like, fucking fastidious about it. Like, making sure it was trimmed, making sure I cleaned it, making sure I brushed it, and, like, 
Jessica tried to set it on fire that time and you beat the snot out of her for it? I never understood that. Well, now you get it. You could have just said. So, I, I got a shaving kit. Let's do this thing. Now? Yeah. You want to do that now? Yeah, like right now. Uh, oh, okay. Well, um. And you can glance over and see three ratty looking dudes over by the door that are like watching this. Two of them have a pretty confused expression on their face. And one of them is just sort of tapping his, his foot impatiently. But you get the impression there's there's something unspoken going on here and you don't know what it is. Just you and me, right? I will shave your head, yes. Okay. You're not going to have like the rat pack looking on, right? Why? Because they're standing there very expectantly. Is there something going on? Carlin will look at them and they will look at him. And then Steve will step into the room and say, you know what, now's as good as time as any. We got practically everybody here. Where the fuck is Vincent? Kylan? And Kylan will say, I don't know where Vincent is. What are you implying? And Steve will say, obviously, your little do job here was screwing Vincent, and now Vincent's missing. And I think you, the overprotective uncle, had something to do with it. Jalen will go... <laughs> And Kylan will like put a hand on your shoulder and kind of squeeze it a little tighter than you probably were anticipating. And he'll say, if I had something to do with it, and I'm not saying I do, what were you going to do about it? And Steve says, she's going to ready an action. <laughs> well, obviously, if she's just going to shave her head like some kind of sheep at your whim, she didn't have anything to do with it. So the fuck were you doing? Hmm? I'd like to hear what you're going to do about it. And you can see kind of the, the room start to get really uncomfortable. The room thought this was just like, you know, banter. But it, shit just got real. The insistence on no answer my question has changed the tone of the room suddenly. And you, you see like everybody's hands go under the table. And Steve and Kylan both kind of step closer to each other. And Kylan takes his hand off of your arm and... You, you can see as he's backing away, he kind of flashes you a hand signal that you, you recognize Thieves Can't as back down. And he steps up in front of Steve. Kylan says, I'll tell you what, I don't know where Vincent is. But if someone was sleeping with my innocent niece, I would cut his throat and stick him in the lake with the rest of the bodies. Is that clear, Steve? And he says, what the f I was not going to sleep with Jalen. And Jalen goes, gets his look. <laughs> this is just about Vincent. I want to know where Vincent is. And Kylan says, well, maybe you better check the bottom of the lake. And you can see the, the three rat men. You can, you can see them like churning in their minds. Like they, they're not totally sure what to do about this. And it's as if Kylan has admitted in front of the room full of these guild that he murdered Vincent. But in not so yeah, many words. Yeah, and so the, the room is kind of like not sure what to do. And then Steve says, all right, fine. I'm taking his place. I'm the new fucking king of the rats. And Kylan says, you know what? If you want to be king of the rats, I believe there's an altar over there. And you can just walk down the hallway and see if they want you to be king of the rats. And Steve says, you know what, how about the four of us go to the altar, and we'll figure it out. 
they'll decide who's going to be the king of the rats. Will it be the murderous, pain-in-the-ass noble? Or maybe it'll be me, Steve, loyal to the end. Hmm? What do you think? And Kylan says, all right, let's do this. And the two other rats turn, walk out the door and start heading away. And Steve turns his back on Kylan. And that is when I need an initiative roll from Jalen. Some dice are hating me today. Uh, 19. That's better. Okay. Jalen, you get to go first. Steve turns his back on Kylan. She's going to hold an action because she's not, she's still not entirely sure what's about to happen. So she's got a hand crossbow ready. Either Kylan's going to attack Steve or Steve's going to pull a move on Kylan. And as soon as that happens, she's going to fire. Kylan beats Steve on initiative. And as he steps forward, you see Kylan pull from under his shirt two silver knives and swings them down at the back of Steve's neck. Kylan connects once. And Steve, for his part, with his back turned, had also drawn a silver knife, which you can see when he spins around after he's been stabbed. So Kylan clips him, basically, at the base of the neck. And I believe you said you had a held action? Okay, what do you want to do with it? She's got hand crossbows. She's going to try to shoot him. Probably not. So that's a 13 and a 14. Alright, the 14 connects. Fucking A. Okay. Steve tries to knife Kylan. He is not going to do it. Nope. At which point The two rats come back around the corner and see Steve bleeding from his neck and Kylan with two knives up above his head. And Steve has been shot by someone. And they can, I imagine, see you standing in the back of the room with two crossbows drawn firing at him. Which means you're a fair target. So... You have two crossbows? You have two hand crossbows. We're at one from the doorway shifts into a rat as it charges Kylan. Like a were-rat? Like Like a a were-rat, Like a humanoid rat? And he's going to grab Kylan to hold him, and he fails miserably. The other one charges you, Jalen, and tries to bite you. Oh. Fail again, bees. Does a 12 hit your AC. No. So his teeth snap shut near you. And it is your turn. So he's right there. The other thieves in the room pull knives, but back up. Because they're just, they want to know who wins. They want to see who wins. They're not choosing sides. Drawing fairy bane would be a dumb thing to do, wouldn't it? Uh, There would be a room full of people who would be terrified. Have very mixed results. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, she's going to, she's going to go at him with the rapier. Okay. Is it silver or regular? It is silver. Rapier first. Oh, that, that's going to hit. 23. Okay, you do not have anyone aiding you in melee, so no sneak attack. You just get your d8. Uh, seven. Seven, all right. Okay, and then I'm going to try to shoot the rat that just that tried to get to Kylan. 13. 13 will miss by one. All right, that brings us to the rest of the crew. So Kylan now has two were-rats on him. He starts doing all of the fanciest footwork you've ever seen. Which means this is a real fight, and he is going to wreck these people. So he silver daggers and connects. 
silver daggers and connects silver daggers and misses but he will do 10 11 more to this were rat who is not looking good he basically gets double stabbed in the stomach wait they they're attacking a fairy ally Kylan had a different deal. He made that clear. Well, no, but I mean, Kylan can attack fairy allies, but I don't know that oh, the rats right. can't. They can't attack allies of the fairy queen unless they are attacked first. Ah. Now, for one rat, Steve, he was attacked first. For rat number two, he was not, but he has yet to connect with Kylan, and so there hasn't been any consequence yet. We'll see. I'll roll him an intelligence check or something before he... Gets gets himself into too much trouble. So where were we? Rat number two is going to roll that intelligence check. Oh, hey. He, he, He's smart. He realizes that attacking Kylan isn't great. <laughs> but Kylan has something in this room that is not Kylan that he can attack. And he turns and goes to bite Jalen. Fuck. Jalen, I'm assuming like uh, an 11, no, 12 does not hit you? Nope. All right. Rat number three, who's already fighting Jalen... Oh, 21 is Shit. going to hit. So he does bite you. Lycanthropy. You get a con save. I do get a con save. Hold on, don't roll anything yet. Take six damage. Okay. Immediately, something shifts in the air. There is a smell of pine needles, an autumn breeze. Leaves appear from nowhere and blow away. And a massive magical backlash seems to happen as this rat is thrown to the floor in some kind of green spark. That was a thing. You do not feel any need to roll a con save. <laughs> You've got like an inborn kind of uh the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> rat number two who is still fighting you, it's not his turn anymore, is seems to stop and, and stare. Kylan and, and Steve don't are busy. There's a there's a dance of death going on and Steve is losing. And that's gonna bring us to the room full of people who are like Maybe also staring? And, and she's got this look of what the hell on her face. Like she that came out of nowhere. They you know, she's her skin is probably doing crazy shit. Yeah, all eight of the norms stop and stare at you. And that brings us to your turn. Is the rat that's still standing, he's, like, backing off? Well, so it wasn't his turn. Right. You got his attention. Okay. Okay. But I, can I hold an action on him? If he yeah. atta if he attacks me again, I'm going to try to stab him. Yep. All right. Back over there. Kylan brings three knife strokes down. Two of them connect yet again. He's been very consistent. Five points each time. Five for dagger. Anyway, he sticks this, sticks Steve a couple more times. And it's it's really just been sort of like rapid fire stab motions. Finally, he just kicks Steve over and Steve is lying on the ground and not moving. For Steve's turn, he proceeds to bleed on the floor. The two rats that were fighting you, one of them gets up holding his jaw and that like you can see he he's fine, but like there's a there's like a blast mark in his hair, and he steps back and says, She's got some kind of fairy deal. And rat number two puts his hands up and says, okay, I, the risk's too high, risk is too high, and takes a step back. And the eight people in the room look down at dead Steve, look back <laughs> over at Jalen, 
and they just you see like heads nod and the two rats turn around and they say kylan that's two that's two we're watching you and kylan just stares them down as they back up out of the room and into the hallway and the eight guys start to kind of lower their weapons and sit back down to play cards leaving this body on the floor as it kind of bleeds all over and stinks and stinks yeah stinky steve did not smell better day <laughs> so jalen was sort of ready with a rapier and the crossbow so she sort of slowly lowers the weapons down and looks at kylan so kylan will turn around and you have a you have a bite mark visibly on your like clavicle and he says oh you got bit welcome to the club It's time for the mid-roll. That means animal facts. In honor of the potentially hairless, color-changing character of our show, today we will discuss the octopus. Octopuses, which is not the plural form of that word that I thought it would be, are of course those bulbous-headed, eight-armed sea creatures with suckers on their arms. Depending on the breed, these creatures can be anywhere from 8 to 110 pounds as adults. The creatures don't have bones, allowing them to squeeze into and through very small spaces. The only hard part of their structure is the beak that sits on the underside between their eight legs. On each arm is a host of adhesive suckers that allow the creature to hold onto things and manipulate them with surprising dexterity. Octopuses have three hearts, one that moves blood through the body and two that move blood through the gills. The main heart actually turns off when the creature is swimming which causes it to tire quickly, and so octopuses prefer to crawl. The extremely thick blood of an octopus is actually bluish in color because of the copper-rich protein that is used to move oxygen around. The creature can create fast motion by forcing a jet of water out of its body. They come equipped with an ink gland that allows them to add the ink to the water jet as an explosive and confusing defense. Male octopuses can be spotted because their third arm is a specialized arm for delivering sperm to females. Females lay eggs by the thousands, sometimes reaching 70,000. The females guard and clean the eggs for 10 months while they hatch, a process that nearly always kills them. But they make it longer than the male, who dies a few weeks after mating. Octopuses live between 3 and 5 years. These creatures are considered super smart, though the truth is humans don't know how to measure the intelligence of anything that isn't human, and you could really debate our skill in measuring humans. The octopus does have a talent for mazes and memory that is rare in the animal kingdom. Lastly, these creatures have one of the most amazing camouflage color-changing powers in the world. Not only do they use it to hide from predators and prey, they also use it to communicate with other octopuses. Okay. Let's get back to it. Vincent's room is just as they let you left it. Like, his stuff is all here still. And he closes the door and locks it and lets out a big sigh. She is, too. She's going to be like, Oh, that's so, not what I was really expecting to find down here, but um, okay. I mean, I'm sure you know this. But I'm gonna say it anyway. The Thieves Guild isn't like a, isn't like a an army or military or. A, no, I I I know that. There's no real head of the Thieves Guild. It's kind of um, everybody does their own thing, and then whoever is the baddest of the bad is Kid in charge. Stays in charge. I get it. That's fine. Okay. Well, let me brush and rebraid my hair, and then we can do this thing. 
Speaking of which, you got bit. Let me show you the altar. I no, I, I honestly, Kylan, I think it's fine. Okay, Jalen, hold on a second. So, if you get bit by a were rat, you become a were rat, and if you become a were rat and you don't have the ability to control it, you will. Kylan, he got knocked down when he did that. You didn't see that. I don't know what's going on. There was. Uh, there was this smell uh, that's really nice smell and there's like this green spark and then he was it like blasted him off of me and i what what the fuck he he's giving you a very confused look and he sits back and says you know i wish i knew how magic worked i i don't have any magic i don't know anything about magic what i well okay i what's going on Somebody with magic did something, and it wasn't me, and it wasn't you, and it wasn't Stinky Steve, or anybody else in that room, so I think that means you got a fairy admirer? How the hell would that happen? I don't talk to fairies. Did you make a deal with a fairy, No! You can tell me. I didn't make a deal with a fairy. I don't want to make deals with fairies. Fuck fairies. Yeah. um, I mean, other than you. But, I mean, you're not one. But, you know. No, but I got a deal. Look, I don't know what to tell you here. I don't think I'm going to turn into a were-rat. I got to think about this, because I don't know. if I don't have a deal protecting you from this. You don't have a deal protecting you from this. But something stepped in. Somebody does. Okay. I can try to find out who, but I th- th- this got me. I mean, I I didn't see this coming, so I this is a new one on me. He throws his head back in that exasperated thinky kind of way, and he says, "You know, Jalen, if you can't be a were rat, those other two are never going to accept you. Like you this you taking over the guild thing isn't going to work." Unless we take care of them? Are, are you proposing we give up the power? Well, you'll still have it. Yeah, but I don't want to do every assassination myself. You won't have to. There's other ways to kill people than pretending to be a rat. Roll me persuasion. That was very racist of you. <laughs> <laughs> He's not pretending to be. He is a rat. Oh, one. No, he didn't buy it. Dice. He said, Fucking dice. He, he kind of gives you like, look, Jalen, you're young. I understand. You don't understand what the deal is here. If we don't have this power, somebody else is going to start taking contracts. This is what makes us the monopoly here. This is what makes us special. Then we need to reorient things so that you don't depend on these deals. There has to be a way. You know, there, the Fairy Queen, and I don't understand, this was more Vincent's cup of tea than mine but the fairy queen she's not a fairy in the way that other fairies are fairies she's she's a god she's a goddess she is she owns anybody with this power this is her power and you see why i maybe don't want to make a deal with her about that i mean you're kind of answering your own question here he he kind of like spins around in a circle and puts his hands on the wall and kind of like leans his head into the wall a couple of times. Just like he's not hitting his head on the wall, but it's it's pretty close. <laughs> T 
teenagers. <laughs> I would like you to roll me another persuasion roll. Eight. <laughs> that's not better. What's that's, better, better that's... than a one. He turns around and says, all right, Jalen, here's the deal. All of these people paid for this power. They paid something for it. They're not giving it up. They're never going to give it up. So I need you to figure out what's protecting you from this and fix it. Or I'm going to have to, we're going to have to do something different. It's just that simple. Okay. And he pulls out a straight razor and says, hold still. You know, I don't want to further irritate you, especially when you're running a cutthroat razor across my scalp. But, but, <laughs> when the green, flashy, sparky thing happened, the rat bastard who was attacking me said, she's got to deal with fairy. Yep. So they already think I'm aligned with fairy. Yep. So why don't we just let them keep thinking that? Lots of people are aligned with fairy, so I don't see a reason why we would need to convince them otherwise. Okay. Because they're not likely to fuck with me because it would be bad for them. Not directly. Okay. What if we took care of them and you induct some new rat bastards who respect you and don't care whether I'm a rat bastard? That might work. Roll me persuasion. Damn it. Seven. Seven. He says, you know, I've known those boys for years. They generally mean well. The problem is sometimes they are dangerous. That's the, you know, it's the Thieves Guild. What do you expect? The thing is, they've been loyal. I, it's entirely possible the fairies are the ones telling them this is how it's got to be. But they'll listen to you because you're better than they are. Yeah, that's the idea. So can we write on that for now? Let me think about this. Okay, well, you know, I will try to keep things civil here while we think about this. Okay. What if we organized the guild and got a charter and made it legitimate? Then we could train everybody specifically and license them and be the only ones who can legally do the jobs that we're doing. I don't know if that'll fly socially. Let me think about that. Roll me persuasion. Damn it. I'll do the same die. Will it screw me twice? Find out. No! He's gonna like this idea. 21. Yeah. He says, you know, I've been thinking about There's a couple of families that would probably advocate for that. They would rather have it in the open than not. There's a couple of families that would think it was bad. The Drury's, most notably, probably the Porninos. But most of the rest of them, I think, would just rather have it in the open. And I think Lord Mentor might be in favor of it because once we were legal, he could tax us and make a lot of money. You're right. You're right about that. You know, I'll, I'll bring it up to your pop. Okay. We'll see what he has to say on the matter. All right. Anything else? Nope. That's your it. head is shaved. My head is shaved. Your hair goes off to a wig maker. She's gonna like. She's probably gonna look at it and be like, "Well, my one vanity now looks like roadkill." Guess I need to invest in a warm hat. So I believe we agreed that after meeting in the treehouse, we were going separate ways, and Sofa was going to head to Lady Miav's this afternoon to deliver her first component, the Heart of Iron. So you arrive at Lady Miav's, Tess 
answers the door and says, oh, you're here. Come on back. And she will take you to the secure room in the back that's through the kitchen. So you step through all of the wards. They do that thing they always do where they tug at you a little bit because there's that little bit of fairy magic in everybody in Fenrir. But you manage to squeeze through and are in the room. Lady Miev has removed all of the things that she had put here for Ophelia to basically live in this room. And it is back to being a kind of sprawling mess of papers with a few large sheets kind of rolled up. And she says, all right, I think I have all of the research together in one place. And I've sent out uh, messages to have the components built uh, that need to be built by smiths. And I've gone ahead and called in our favors with masons. So they're constructing the stone pieces. So all we have left are the hearts. And we are working on that. I'm happy to present to you the first component which you need, the heart of iron. And she pulls it out. The heart of an anise hag. And she picks it up and says, this is impressive. This is very impressive. How did you kill an anise hag? Or did you trade for it? We killed it. Just like you and Jalen and Sable? Duh. They're tremendously powerful creatures. They're enormous. Um, yeah, it was a challenging fight. I can't take too much credit. I did use a lot of magic against it, but mostly I kept the individual who summoned it at bay while my allies stabbed it a lot, repeatedly. Very hard. Wow. Silva Lunari, I have underestimated you. And she takes the coin and sets it on the table and says, All right, well, we have a... I just wanted you to know, I have a backup plan, too. So, finding these hearts, I, I can't imagine these animals are just going to present themselves to us. And some of them may not even really be animals. If normal hunting, or whatever plan you come up with, doesn't suffice, I have some allies that might be able to help. All right, we'll keep that in mind. We are planning another hunt this evening. All right, stay safe. I'm, I'm counting on you. Oh, my my lady, you seem hesitant? Um, well, I'll be honest with you, Sylpha. A heart of fire and a heart of ice. I don't, I have no idea where we're going to find those things. We had done some research. You know, there's many creatures which power themselves with fire phoenixes and dragons and... Sure, we're just going to go hunt down a dragon. No big deal. This is an 18, this is an 18-year-old wizard. <laughs> We're just going to wait for it to come out of the thorns, because if that happened every day, we would no longer have a fucking kingdom. But, you know, we're just going to wait for one to come out of the thorns. It'll can, happen. Excuse me, can we help your heart? Sure. I'll just regrow one. And yet-eyes, and... I know they're all exotic creatures and simply the stuff of books, but the thorns do mutate things in strange ways. You're right about that. And perhaps with more time to do research, I could learn what kind of things those creatures might be attracted to set up a, a honey trap a, a bait of some kind okay i like this plan and frankly it's safer than mine if you need it there are some creatures that can move through the thorns that still have their intelligence and we can negotiate with them if it becomes necessary oh 
I'll see you out. Sylphie gets kind of cold at the idea that there are things going back and forth between the thorns, and this is not something that's she's been privy to until fairly recently. Oh, and uh, Lady, I wanted to say thank you for the the lantern. It's magnificent. I hope you find it very useful. My family has a long history in dealing with the fairies directly. And uh, as she walks you through the house to the front door, she pulls a key out of her pocket and says, there are exactly two keys to my sanctum back there. And she hands you a key. Wow. Wow. And Sylpha's like, looks down at the key that she's placed in her hand and looks up at Lady Mav and looks down at the key and looks up at her again like, you trust me with this? I do. And while this uh, undercuts the positive feelings you're probably experiencing right now, with the fairies attacking the masons for trying to create a champion, I need more than one person to know where all of the information is. Uh, I understand. In case um, I am next. And she gives you a sort of nod of her head and actually thinks better of it and then gives you a big hug. And then says, seriously, stay stay safe. Yes. And you. She'll squeeze her back. I think one of the first things I, I do is put that key on a ribbon around my neck and tuck it deep into my clothes. It's never going to leave my person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lady, could I be permitted to stay a while longer? I There was a bit of research I wanted to do. Of course. Um... We found something... Very unusual. I'm just trying to discover what it is. Some kind of fruit. Great. That is unusual. Well, most of the magic books are my personal study, but the alchemical books that would have all the sort of herb and fruit lore, that would be in the main study. Good luck. I'm going to continue working. I've got some formula I'm really very excited about. So Sylpha will flutter off to the, the library to look over... Roll me investigate, please. And you have advantage because you have a scribe background? Uh, it's a 20. All right. So with a 20, you find a number of books that describe mystical fruit that has mystical properties. It is extremely rare to find something that is actively magical. And you know that that fruit is actively magical because it detects magic. You dig through, and there are some mystical fruits of legend, right? So this, this, there's no drawings or even really good physical descriptions in the book, but there's a, a fruit of knowledge that's said to, you know, allow someone to forever see the difference between good and evil. There's a, a fruit of power that's a, believed to be, uh, you know, stolen from the heavens and grown on earth in a single place. The most interesting thing, but with a 20, you find a reference to a fruit found in Fenrir. It looks like it's in, in a new, newer book, right? So it might have been his father or mother that recorded it. It spoke of a white fruit and a black fruit. The white fruit was like an apple, and it is said to heal all ailments. And the black fruit was like a, also like an apple but it is said to be the most poisonous of all creations. Apparently, they come from the same tree. Hmm. Fascinating. 
the fruit in your little jarry thing happens to be kind of a pinkish because it's probably white and floating in red stuff for a long time. All right, Sable, what you got? The cat is still there? The cat is still there, yes. All right, and then I'd say, all right, messenger, let's go talk. And I'll head out towards the grove. behind you? Yeah, where the tree is. When it gets to the edge of the circle, you step into the circle, and it looks at the tree, and there's a groaning noise, and it steps in. If I remember right, I have one more question I can ask, correct? You have one question that I am obligated to answer as fully as possible. You can ask any number of questions. My last question. Please tell me, everyone that has come to you and this grove, that has been replaced with a fetch. I will answer this question as fully as I am able. I can tell you for certain that there are very few members of the circle left. Most of them traded away the last of their souls in an effort to oust the matron. I believe at this juncture it would be faster to tell you who is still in their full person, which would be Patricia and Gretchen. And Helena, right? Oh, and Helena. And you only deal with those in the circle? I only deal with those who come to this grove or the thorns next to it. And no others there, then? I am no longer obligated to answer other questions fully. I can tell you that there are no others that have been turned into a fetch in the interest of answering the previous question fully. It was an interesting trick. Did you know about it? Did I know about it? Ophelia, of course. Hmm. You tried to use that. I did not try to use that. The agreement was legitimate, be it made with fetch or man. You are still in distress. I have offered you a way out. I don't have any other deals that I want to make at this time, unless there is absolutely no reason for me to do any more deals with the Fairy Queen at this time. She has proven untrustworthy. Hmm. I would be careful, Baroness, of House Varathy. Sable, Valeria, Varathy, in Her Majesty's human kingdom, with your words. I understand why you say that. Does the Fairy Queen have any other business with me? The Fairy Queen is timeless. I am certain she will have business with you again. What are you going to do about the trees? About the trees? And I think it's leading up to a threat that you don't know about. The trees? Yes. The matron possessed enough power to grow them for the cutting and was able to have a grove outside of the thorns. And I suppose that is gone. Unless you are more powerful than I had guessed. You don't have the ability to continue that practice. I suppose it was a deal, an agreement that made that possible for the matron. The agreement did give her that magic. But perhaps you can tighten the belt, as they say. My brain is worrying on uh, what the numbers were this morning. You know, what what people told me. 
about things. You had enough lumber this morning and no one expressed any concerns. But you would anticipate based on your business knowledge at this juncture from, you know, two or three meetings about lumber that you probably only have a month or two left of enough wood to feed the carpenters. Okay. Well, a month or two gives me some time. Yeah. A big order could change all of that. Right. So, like, if someone were to get married and they wanted a new house <sighs> constructed. Fuckers. Yeah. Well, I don't have to do anything right now. No, not literally this second. I'll say I will make my plans when I am ready. Very well. And the cat saunters in that sassy cat way that makes you think, that fucker thinks he won. And it strides into the thorns. But I so want to, like, boop him before he goes. Oh, I don't want him to. All right, fine. He thinks he won. Fine. Fuck him. I know what I'm doing. At House Evans, it is much as you left it. The place is swarming with... You know, servants. She's, she's got her hood up now, like pretty low, because she's not quite ready to advertise her bald head, <laughs> her new look, <laughs> or or have to explain it. So you you step into the house. It, it is swarming. There are servants setting up for a courting between Meg and Isaac. Isaac is sort of nowhere to be seen generally, but Jessica is sort of standing there giving commands. She'll find a moment to draw Jessica away. Yeah, she as you pulling Jessica away, and she's like, "And get the get the dishes." Yeah, no, no, I want the no, not those. Get those ones. Yeah, she like those. All right, now find a quiet corner and say, "Um, you feel like getting in trouble?" Always. Okay, tonight. Why is your hood up? I'm cold. She will duck her head down to kind of look in your hood. Jalen will sort of not flinch, but try to keep her from roll stealth. Difficulty, 12. <laughs> so that's a 25. Oh, good God. <laughs> Waste of a stealth roll, but... Well, that's awesome. <laughs> she says, okay, yeah. Do you, what do you want me to do? Should I get my stuff? Well, it'll be this evening. Oh, okay. So, uh, we're going to head out to House Farathi, and uh, we're going to go monster tipping. Okay, I'm all about this. I'm going to get my stuff now. Yay. <laughs> and she goes I mean, upstairs. I mean, it's noon, Jessica, so we're not going to like go right this minute. I got to practice. Okay, you do that. And she turns and goes upstairs. She's going to follow her. So she goes, did you get your stuff silvered? Yeah. For real? Yeah, well, I think so. It looks right. Okay, good. Excellent. <laughs> oh, it's Jessica, you dear sweet lady. <laughs> she ducks into her bedroom. You can hear the collective sigh of relief that she has left the setup with the servants, and they're back to setting up however they think it should be. All right, and she's going to knock on Isaac's door. After a moment, Isaac's door opens. Yes. Hi, I, I got something for you. Okay, come on in. Okay. You step through the pixie ward, and it is irritating as usual, but you're inside his room. She's going to open her bag and pull out Silpha's package that she gave her and hand it over and say, this is from Silpha. Uh, thank you. And he turns it over in his hands and then says, should I open it now? I'll admit I'm curious because she didn't say what it was. All right. And he pulls the box open. Silpha, what, what is in the box? The box had been wrapped in, in brown paper with some, what looked to Jalen to be like arcane scribings on it, but Isaac will read that as a note addressed to Leslie. Hmm. He will definitely open it. 
And then within the box, there is this hat pin. And it's not made of precious metal. It's brass. But it's very pretty and unique. It has like a finely worked filigree at the decorative end with that's holding like a, a kind of iridescent gold green glass bead. So it's something that you would imagine would be worn in someone's hair or on their lapel. It's unique looking, but it's not ostentatious. It's subtle. And there's a note enclosed. And if Jalen is snooping, she can't read a word of it because it I mean, looks she's, she's like She's probably like looking over his arm as he's looking at this stuff. But... Like arcane script. But it's a note reading, Leslie, I'm sorry that our conversation was by necessity so brief. Jalen keeps urging me to get to know you better. And after our last encounter, I feel that I've only just met you. If you are open to future meetings, I would welcome the opportunity for further discourse. I meant it when I stated that we wizards should support each other, and in that spirit I offer you this gift. May it help keep your hat firmly affixed at all times, and may it help you avoid the problems of mistaken identity if and when you so choose. I hope that it is well suited to your liking. My thought was that the green is complementary to your eyes. Cordially, Silpha Lunari. So Isaac looks at this arcane scribble and then he like blushes and then starts to get a, a kind of weird quirky smile that you've never really seen on his face before. And then he walks over and like shoves some curtains out of the way and there's a mirror there and he starts fiddling with his hair and he puts the hat in, in it in a, in a non-masculine gesture. Does he seem to have forgotten I'm there? Yeah. Okay. You're not going to remind him? Wait, she's got her hood up and she's going to go ahead and just let her skin fade like into her hood as she's watching. Yeah, so he he puts his, you know, hair up in a decidedly feminine fashion and turns around and says, "Oh, oh, oh, you're still I'm sorry, floating cloak." <laughs> he walks up and says, "Why are you wearing your hood up?" Hey, it's nothing. I'm cold. Do you do you even wear hats? Yes, often, actually. Most of the time, well, here I'll show you. And he pulls a, uh, it's, all, it's almost like a beret off the, you know, the bedpost and puts it on his head. And then you see him transform. He is now a woman. I've seen Leslie before. You've seen Leslie before. She was a servant at House Varathy. Mm-hmm. I almost took her face off with a dagger. You did. Yep. But the hat also shifts form slightly and becomes like a, a jaunty little evening hat. So Jalen will absorb this a bit and say, so this isn't just a disguise for you i don't know what you mean like this is you um yeah you can say that and she'll reach up and pull her hood back and show him her head oh my she will not contain his surprise (laughs) at all what did you roll yeah i came up with a seven there she kind of does it like a little stutter like um well you look different does it make me look more intimidating? She'll go to the mirror because she actually hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, so you have a fully clean shaved head. It Kylan did a great job. Didn't, fine attention didn't cut to detail. me once. No, he's really good with knives. Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor, right. You have a head that looks good, Bob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good. <laughs> so Leslie kind of looks at you for a little while and says, Um, so did it get I was it a was it a problem when you're fighting? Like, what What caused you to shave it? Kylan's idea. Okay. My hair wouldn't change when my skin changed. Oh, okay. So it's Don't like... do you remember a... he did it when I was eight? You remember that? Yeah, I remember. Because he had to send me on that little job. 
that he wanted me to do. And... Yeah, I was, I think I was like 10. It was weird then. Yeah, yeah. I guess I should have seen it coming that it was going to happen again. But, you know, after he was so, like, insistent about growing my hair out, I, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Well, I have wigs if you ever need one. He's getting one made. That was why oh, he good. had me grow the hair out. Yeah, he, he, he's he's a calculating one, Arkylan. Got it. Well, you, do you have any social functions in the next couple of days? Um, I, you know... I've got a curly wig. Not that I know of. I think that people would notice that I suddenly had curly hair. That would be a little weird. Okay, you're right. It's, it's fine. I don't think I have one that matches your I'm old just sheen at g- all. I'm going to keep the hood up. For now, it's fine. Leslie opens his closet. You have not seen inside Isaac's closet in, in living memory, and it has become a fanciful place. Just mountains of shoes, all genders of clothes, just a, a top shelf of wigs, just wig after wig after wig after wig. This is making me think of Robert De Niro and Stardust, except Isaac's not like the tough guy. Veneer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. And Jay let Jay's go look at that and go, huh. Leslie comes down with a wig. It's like, so I think this one, it doesn't match how your hair used to be, but it's kind of long and and silky. She's still staring in the closet. She will take you over to a mirror as you're like staring at the closet and start situating a wig on your head and... Does not do it well. fails utterly. Is that a one? It is a one. It doesn't fit on your head. All right. She'll look back in the mirror and be like, "Look, I, I like, look. Can, I can wait a few days for the wig to be ready. I mean, it's, it's fine." Okay. Well, I, um, I stopped on the way here. They measured my head for me. It'll, it'll be the right size and all that. So. All right. I, I have one that's a little too big for me. Maybe that one will fit your head. Should I? I mean, you still want to go by Isaac, or do, I mean? Oh, I don't. I don't think Father would approve of me doing this. I was going to do more monster research, so I will... So you swing by the library? I will concentrate on that, yes. All right. Give me a investigate roll. You have advantage because you are a scribe. So the 16 plus my intelligence modifier is a 20. All right. So baiting monsters, large animals and large monsters are rarely carrion beasts. So uh, as you read through, a lot of the descriptions are people taking a sheep or a goat and sort of tying it up and tying it to a tree and hanging out for the night. Well, my thought was also that particular types of monsters might be drawn to particular types of food. As you go through, you can find some scent-based strategies for hunting. Maybe Thalia will have some herbs or some incense that you could use to kind of bait a trap with. With your high roll, you get a list of... Okay, so she will compile a list and make plans to visit Thalia at the next opportunity. Okay, you can stop there on your way out of town. Funny, because Jalen was also going to stop at Thalia's. Maybe the two of you can bump into each other at Thalia's. It's amazing how that happens in stories. Yeah, it would be late in the day. So basically, just as Thalia's closing down, let's have Jalen and and Jessica arrive first. Um, She's like, hi, Thalia. Hey, oh, the Evans girls are here. How nice to see you. Hi, a uh, couple of things I wanted to know. Do you have, um, she looks at Jessica and she's like, fuck, I got a haircut recently. Uh-huh. Do you have an um, oil or salve or something that can help with the, it's going to be itchy. Irritation? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And also, can I get two ounces of tobacco? She will give you. And papers. All of those things. Uh, no problem. Yay. Thanks, Dahlia. And Jessica says, do you have anything that gets you, like, really drunk? Like, really, really drunk? 
and Thalia pulls out something that's not tobacco and some papers and says, enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) And that's about when Silpha walks in the door. When the door opens, Jalen will pull the hood back up fast. Oh, Thalia. Thalia, I'm oh, I'm so sorry. I I was late at the library. I'm so glad I caught you. Yes, I was just about to head out, but I had customers, so you're not late. Hey, Silva. Oh, hey. What what brings you here? Picking up a gift for somebody. Is your hood up? Yes. Oh, I'll roll Silva a chance to perceive what has happened to your hair. <laughs> sure. Uh, it looks pretty good. Plus, plus two. It's a thirteen. What's your bluff come out to if you roll a ten or your sleight of hand? So your deception 14, 14 and 16, respectively. 14, 16. Okay, so with her hood up, she's uh, that is weird. You know that's weird, but you can't really see un- underneath of it. Nothing nothing happened, right? Well, uh, yes, yeah, something happened, but that's not why I'm here. I don't need to, you know, punch Lynn or something. Oh, no. Uh, no, in fact, he's joining us tonight. Oh, well, I thought it was going to be like a girls' night thing, but... Yeah. Sorry. All right. It was either that or take him with me, you know, to see my uncle, and that didn't seem like a good idea. Well, Thalia, I have been researching the properties of various creatures that come out of the thorns, and for the components for a specific spell, I think that I will need to draw the attention of certain creatures for us to hunt. I was wondering if you had any of these things or any suggestions for how one might attract these creatures and she'll like pull out her list and her notes okay well let me see what i got and she'll rummage around and come out with a a fair number of the ingredients if you if you had better ideas i would be open to suggestion oh i do have something and she'll spin around and pull out an, an old box that is wrapped in a ribbon and she'll pull this kind of wooden box up and take the ribbon off and open it and pull out three little vials of pink liquid. And she will say, these attract anything nearby. What are they? Well, let's not tell anybody I have these, but I believe they're, it's, it's well, it's sort of a modified love potion. Oh. Just be careful. It works on people too. <laughs> Shit. She's like, oh, and really not enthusiastic about it. Oh. I will keep these safe. Bottled pheromones. Great. <laughs> and... So I will. Fenrir citizens are even more susceptible to it than the usual. Well, what do would I owe you for this and another vial of that uh, antitoxin? Oh, nice! And she she fetches it and says, "Big day of sales for me!" And starts filling out a bill of materials. You can afford it. And then I know this is something you would have to, that I would possibly have to commission from you. But I've developed a concern around. She lowers her voice. Lycanthropy. Oh, dear. So, there is an herb, and she will go back and pull out a little binder of papers and dig through it and slap one down, and there's a sort of purplish leaf, and you kind of recognize it. Roll me a nature roll. Oh, it's an 11, because Silpha has a plus six, too. Okay, you recognize it as a poison. She says, this is belladonna. It is considered a treatment for lycanthropy if you can get it into your system uh, you'll be very ill but it may cure the lycanthropy it is however rather rare it's as if someone seeks it out and destroys it which makes it quite difficult to get Mm. and she pulls under the counter and says but for a favor 
and she sets down another long wooden box. This one's tied closed with leather straps. I might have something in here that you can take with, but it's quite dangerous to have. You will only want to open the box when you really need it. A favor from a wizard is considered quite a fun little thing. I would love that. Well, tell me your favor, and I can carry it out, and... Oh, no, no, to be named at a later date. Oh. I don't need anything right now. But I would love to have you... A, a debt from you would be wonderful. Thank you. And she slides the box across the table. So Silpha will accept this box. <laughs> so uh, when you open it, if you ever open it, there are basically three doses of dried belladonna that will give you a second saving throw with a bonus should you be infected with lycanthropy. Great. Nice. So Silpha will excitedly gather these things into her bag and will probably stash the more important things at home before we head to the Baratheon estate. Jalen will catch her eye and do a phrenemic gesture of let's talk. Well, that wraps it up. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson from My Pet Machine for our music and Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. You can find them both on Facebook. Don't forget to rate and review us. All right, tune in next time to discover how the hunting party goes. Will our heroes get massacred? Will Lynn and Jalen hook up? Who knows? See you next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Silpha's passive perception greater than yours. Well, you have a wisdom stat. Ah, she's yeah, a thief. I went. I went low. She's on a wisdom. thief and an assassin. Her wisdom's not high. It's not her high stat. Somehow, I just thought she was super observant. This wasn't a problem she thought herself into. <laughs> <laughs> See, I actually have a theory that most women actually look good with a shaved head. I, I think you're very wrong. Well, there's only one way to find out, Sandra. <laughs> Let's shave your head. <laughs>